This is the John Muzo Leadership Podcast. Today, I have the great privilege to have my good, good friend, Pastor Joe Caminetti here with us. And, and Joe, I want to make sure we get right into this. You pastor Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. Yes, You sir. guys have been there how long? 34 years. You and Gina and, uh, gosh, Michelle and I have known you all for years. And before we started the church, spoke for you. You've been on our board here at Victory. Been uh, just a model for a lot of us to be able to learn from and to follow. Uh, today, I want to. I heard you speak about a message where you talked about how we process basically difficulty, pain in our life as as, as ministers. And I want to start with talking about the inner peace that's necessary to lead and to pastor. And so you've been doing for thirty four years, thirty four years the same church. And so if you could just let's just jump right into this and and talk to us about why you think having inner peace as a person, as a pastor, is so critically important in being fruitful and being able to do something 34 years. Yeah. Um, with, without a doubt, um, peace in our heart is going to determine how far we go. And here's a scripture, Proverbs 4.23, that we all know. Uh, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That's the New Living Translation. And we talk about guarding it from sin and all types of things, but we know from the parable Jesus uh, of the sower, Jesus let us know worry is right in there with all these other things. And so in my opinion, the number one reason you want to have heart peace is it's going to determine where your heart is will determine the course your life goes. And so a lack of peace, whether it's anxiety or fear, whatever it is that's that's cluttering your heart... Can, Including trauma. That you experience as oh, a leader. Oh, yeah, 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 trauma too. It, yeah. It, it, can, it, it can stop you from fulfilling the very thing God created you to do. Uh, so we know heart peace is important in so many areas, but uh, where you want to get to, where God wants to get you to, you have to learn to have this inner peace. So what if you were to take us into some truths from, from the Scripture that, that have helped you process this well, and that really is the part that, just to provide a little context for people, is that... And next month's uh, podcast, we're going to do uh, the second part of this, where you're going to actually tell the story of what actually happened, how you went through some things and, and dealt with some very difficult things through, in your ministry and, and how you process those by the help of God. And so you, I, when I heard you talk about this, it, it resonated hugely with me, because, and it would with any of us, because we all face these things. So what are the, some of the scriptures, the scriptural truths that you've kind of had embedded in your heart it's helped you live this out. Yeah, yeah. I think the number one, and this really set me free, and I see three of them, John, is uh, understanding that peace is a gift. And here, here's a scripture, uh, John 14, 27, Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace of this world, so don't be troubled or afraid. And so I remember the day when my eyes were open to this incredible truth that this world's peace is all based on circumstances. Jesus gives us a peace that we can have while our life is falling to pieces. Right. And that's huge. And so it's a gift. It's something that he placed in us. So that was the revelation that made me realize I can have peace no matter what. And then the second truth was just simply, I came to realize I have to do something to experience this peace. It's a conscious decision. And Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of, uh, that comes from Christ rule in your heart. So you see that comes from Christ, again, a gift. Right. But I have to let it rule in my heart. And if I don't, it's not, it's not going to be there. So I, I remember going through this trauma, and these three principles, 
if I didn't use them, I, I would have, I don't know, I would have went crazy. Uh, right. I eventually needed Hill, which we'll talk about in the next podcast. Right. But um, then I had to learn, hey, how do I do this? And it's something you and I and all, the, all these pastors listening, we have done. But um, I had to come to a place to where I totally trusted God. Right. And, and, and I understood that he would take care of whatever problem I was going through. And this scripture, which I've taught for years, God had to make it real to me for me, right. especially during trauma, was Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And I love 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And so think about this. Um, he is telling us to come to a place to where we so trust God that we can give God our problem and trust that he actually will work on it. He goes before us. He's behind us and he will pull us out of any hole that we fall into. And so once we can give God something and trust he's going to take care of it, then verse 7 says, then you will experience God's peace, uh, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So uh, the literal Greek says it will transcend your very understanding, which is what you see with your eyes. And so uh, I came to this place where I realized, well, there's a gift, I I can have it no matter what, and and then I have to do something, and this is what I have to do, is just release it. So you know we went through this church split where, um, you know I lost seven hundred people in two years. That's that's a lot of people. You know that hits your finances, and all the pastors understand that. And then these are people that I knew, uh, you know a lot of people just followed the crowd, and I had relationships with them. My wife had relationships with them, so uh, I learned to just trust God, give him this situation. But this, I had to do this every day for years because I didn't deal with healing my heart, right. which I'll talk about in the next podcast. But John, this worked wonderfully when I, um, when I learned to just release these things. And how many times have I taught my people, don't worry, give it to God. Right, right. And then I'd get into the Greek. Yeah. But, but I had to use it, and it, it, it works amazingly in you know, our lives. Joe, when you face that kind of trauma, 700 people over a period of a couple years, just leaving, and at that point, the church was how old? About it, you know, it was right at our twenty-fifth anniversary, okay. and you know, it was almost—it was a little less than, probably, less than half the church. But that's a lot of that's, that's a, lot a lot of people. Of people. But yeah. still, but you're facing that kind of trauma. Plus, you're, you're twenty-five years in, and you're wanting to actually solidify what God's called you to do, and you see it kind of get cut in half. Yeah. It's just emotionally, the trauma has got to be just, it's overwhelming. It, it was. And then I was the kind of guy that I didn't go for help. Yeah. Um, it took me years, uh, maybe three or four, three yeah. and a half years before I went for some help. And uh, so I just stuffed it. Mm. And I had to get up every week and teach. I mean, there was no getting away from the fact I had to get up and minister. And I allowed my wife to heal the first couple years, yeah. and uh, which was good. Because she lost all her closest friends and right. everything, you know. But this this helped me walk in peace. Uh, but it was I had to do this every day in order to do it. You know, but you've learned to walk in peace, in, also not just in your own life, but in, it, with other churches in your community, and certainly because another church emerged out of uh, out of the split mm-hmm. that you have to that you actually today, amazingly, have total peace about in your heart, which. Is, is what I think when people hear next month's podcast, it's not just a theory. This actually has transcended the way you see everything, even people that that sadly, and, and I know there's two sides to every story, but I know enough about the history 
of everything is that that there were people that did some very very unethical and, and plainly some ungodly things, but for God to enable you to to be to be able to reconcile that in your heart with peace, and so you know, uh, and then you face all of us face churches around us that are either starting or maybe a church is on the upswing when you're kind of stagnating or growing like tra- crazy or uh, people going to another church from your church uh, or it just it just these things can cloud our minds as pastors and so. Help me help us understand how do you walk in peace in that realm when it's because that's real. That's where people it's like, man, what what's wrong with me? Why would because it, it's personal. Oh yeah. You know. It, it's so personal. And um, I'm so competitive. I think you're the same way. So um, you know, you deal with competitiveness and then you deal with comparison. I call it the comparison thief. Yeah. And uh this quick story, my brother Michael. Uh, he was our youth pastor and our um, outreach pastor for four and a half years. Then he went to Canton, and he grew a nice church there. And our churches were about exactly the same. And uh, we were both doing building fund programs, and we both did two, three-year programs, all right? And I'm dealing with comparing myself to Mike because uh, Mike's was unique. Uh, Mike, Mike, we were same size church. Mike had six people give $2 million each wow. uh, to his building fund. And and then he the rest of his people gave another uh, I don't know he ended up raising eighteen million, and I raised <laughs> one point six. Yeah. And so you're looking at that, yeah. you know. And and we did the same thing. We used the same kind of consulting firms. Right. He just isn't a place that has money. I'm in a place that doesn't right, have a lot right. of money. Um, yeah, that's and, six more people than most of us have ever experienced yeah. giving us. So so listen, so listen to this. Um, I'm I'm being tormented like I'm a failure because I'm comparing myself to my brother. So I had to begin to learn to deal with it then. And then you have all these other pastors in town, and uh, you know some of them push your buttons, some of them sure. take your people. And so I had I had to come to a place to deal with it. So I, I always put things in. You know I I call it three attitude adjustments. The first one was amazing. And, and it was this. I just had to remember Jesus' attitude towards other churches. And you know the story in Mark 9 where his disciples came up to him and said, hey, those people are preaching the gospel and they're not one of us? Yes. And Jesus said, hey, if they're not against me, they're for me. God opened that up to me, and it just blew my mind that I don't care who they are. If they're not against Jesus and their church, he, he's for them. Yeah. Whether they're a little cocky, a little narcissistic, it, none of that matters. Right. Uh, maybe a little unethical. I mean, he'll deal with them. They, whatever we sow, we reap. That's not my business. But it helped me see I had to love them. And uh, this old minister told me once, he was pastoring down in Texas, and uh, he was the only Assembly of God church in Texas. And then another assemblies came into his town, and he got mad, and he's talking to the regional overseer. You mean in his town? In his town, okay, yeah. Okay. And and so he he, uh, he his overseer said, "Hey, we can't stop him. This is a big city, you know, good sized city." And so he said he was upset, and he he's praying and praying. And he said one day God spoke to him, and here's what God told him. He said, "On Judgment Day, if you're the only church in this town, I will hold you accountable for every person in this community." And he said from that point on, he began to pray for churches to come. So for me, it set me free to understand that these guys are on God's teams too, and he right. loves them. He really loves them. But here's, especially after the split, this is amazing. I had to remember Jesus' attitude towards me and our church and my calling. So right. here I am, I don't know, three or four years after the split, maybe three, and and I'm talking to my friend, Mark Pagley, who uh, pastors in Arkansas, and he was my youth pastor for 17 years. 
and uh, and so he left way before the split. And I'm telling him, you know, they did this and they did that. The, some of the people that left and what's going on. And John, he stopped me and he said, Joe, you are not the guy I knew when I was up there. He goes, you've got to change. And I go, what's wrong? He goes, the Joe I knew, all he all he did was he burned with vision. He didn't care what anybody else in town was doing, and he just was all about the vision. He said, now all you're doing is focusing on what everybody else is doing to you. Mm-hmm. And John, I'm telling you, it stopped me in my my tracks. And wow. I thought, yeah, I am not the same person. I'm wounded, right. and, and I need healed. So what, 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 what happened is God at that point began to minister to me. And Jeremiah 1.4 is what came alive where it says, you know, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, and uh, I, I, I set you apart and called you to be a prophet. Now, uh, I believe God does that for every one of us, and that's what he showed. It could be someone called to run uh, your cameras. You know, sure. We all have a calling. It's written in the book in heaven before we're ever born. Sure. And man, that came alive in me, and I realized, you know what? I went through a tough time, and, and we'll talk about the healing in the next yes. podcast, but you know what? God still has. I still have a call in my life, right? Exactly. And, and I have something to finish, and 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 I have to finish it. Then I saw this, John, and this was one of the most mind blowing things. And I tell our people this now quite often. I believe at the judgment seat of Christ, uh, the tears that come to our eyes after we're judged, it's not going to be for sins we committed, because Jesus died for those, right? Yeah. It, uh, here's what we're going to cry about. I, with, without any doubt. He's going to show us what he created us to do compared to what we did. Mm. And if there's a gap there, people can't see, but I have a gap there. Uh, We're going to ball over how we allowed this world to pull us in. We allowed worry to pull us in. We allowed fear to pull us in. Maybe we allowed a sin that nobody knew about. And all those things kept us from doing what God's called us to do. And, And so it's like when I stand there... I, I don't. I don't want there to be a big gap. Absolutely. I'd love to exceed it. Not so sure I can, <laughs> but I'm going to try to get as close as I can with it. Well, Joe, one of the things that I think people deal with as well is uh, I, I know I've known you for a really long time, and I know how how God's used you. I know the giftedness that you and Gina have, but I also know that the city you're in, in Warren, experienced basically uh, almost a depression. Right. You know, so where a lot of people would feel we were so. Yeah, depressed in 2008 that we didn't feel it. Yeah, when it did. <laughs> no, we were already way below. Way below yeah, it. Yeah. And, and, and you guys were on par almost with Detroit, what was happening in Detroit. Yeah, just a lot, that of, kind of, a lot uh, of fine um, manufacturing. Yeah, and you guys are still losing 3,000 people a, a year out of your county, correct? Right, yes. And it's not, you know, the, the largest populated county in the state. Yeah. I mean, they go to Columbus or South North Carolina or yeah. Florida. So whenever they have a hurricane, I go, oh, they deserve it. <laughs> Just so, but the reality of it is, is that a lot of us are facing similar issues, things totally out of your control. Yes. And, and in your case, I mean, certainly I, I think you could have said, you know what, I can move somewhere else. And because of your experience, your gifts, I think you could have borne fruit. It, it may be a different capacity simply because of the environment. But you stayed put, mm-hmm. and, and you were able to deal with these things without letting them drive you to make decisions that 
Like say on Judgment Day, for example, you would have regretted. Right. And so if you can carry us to that last attitude part. Yeah. And, and you know what? One of the things I think about is some of my missionary friends and think, I think I have it hard. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh my gosh. I just need to do what God's called me to do. The last one uh, is I just, I, I, God made me aware of how Paul taught us to pray for churches. And in Romans uh, 15.30, he's telling them, pray for me, hook up in prayer with me. And, and God made that real to me that I should be praying for these guys and, and just lifting them up. And so even the church um, that most of my people went to and a lot of other things happened, um, I began to pray for them on a regular basis. And it's amazing how that brought the peace of God into my heart. It's just amazing what happened is I just did these three simple things. So um, Jesus loves them no matter what we think about them. Exactly. Right? And then Jesus loves us, and he has a place and a call for us. And most of the time us pastors are looking at somebody that we think is doing better than us. Yeah, yeah. And we're forgetting, hey, it doesn't matter. Just do what we're if, – if we're, if, we're if we're a too gifted, talented person, so what? Do it. Right. You know, uh, if we all compare ourselves to some of the guys out there, yeah. we're, we're, we're none of us are doing what some of the other guys are doing. So exactly. we just do what God's called us to do. Well, it's been awesome just to watch how God's used you all through the years and the things that you know that that I've seen that are that that the, the capacity that you've had through the years to be able to love people in the environment of your church and just knowing you as a person and living into the principle to where. That, that love is just unconditionally given, but trust is earned. And I think that, that balance that you obviously had to walk through is that you certainly can't trust everybody as a pastor because of their choices. Correct. But the choice that you've made to live within the context of, of how God really sees everybody and loving like Jesus loved us and not putting conditions on your ability to actually pray for those who have hurt you yeah. and, and how, that, how that literally is, has changed your heart. Yeah. And so... If we could kind of wrap up our this podcast, kind of setting us up in a sense for for next month, because next month I'm going to ask you to kind of really go into the the issue of what occurred and and what did you what are some of the things that you learned and I know it's very strategic what God gave you and and things that many of us today are sitting without those steps and uh, you mentioned for example you called Mark Pegsley and talked to him yeah and many of us are so isolated that we don't we don't do that. We don't open our hearts to other people. And so if you could just kind of lay the groundwork as to you and I both come from a very similar Italian background, blue collar. Our dads were very, very straight, you know, kind of focused kind of men. And so we weren't real driven toward relationships that truly where you opened up your heart. Right. It, but, but you've begun to do that in, in, a, in a, a systematic way in your life. And so as we wind this down, just to kind of set up, Next, uh, next podcast. Can you just kind of maybe point people to kind of some of the beliefs, some of the the limits we put on ourselves, and that we we isolate ourselves and we don't get the help that we need. And and had you not done those things, you you probably yeah. would still be stuck in some areas. Oh, I would. And my, I, I'd, I'd be casting cares on God every day for the same thing for years. Uh, my wife really pushed me to find some help, and. Um, and Mark was just kind of by chance, but she pushed me to a counselor. Yeah. And and you know me now. I mean, you know I texted you yeah. what five six weeks ago. Uh, 
my my dad had just died. My mom died in January. My dad died in August. And I married a daughter in March. And I gave a daughter away in September. And I texted you and two other pastor friends. And I said, guys, just pray for me. I said, I, I'm 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 an emotional wreck, and I have no emotional strength. And so then you immediately said, let's have lunch. And it was so incredibly helpful. But there was a time when I would have thought that's a sign of weakness. Yeah, I cannot let someone know I'm struggling. And I think walking through all this made me realize I, I can't walk through this life alone, and I need some people I trust that I can say, hey, man, I'm struggling in this area, and I could use some help. And, it, and I was so excited that you just immediately said, let's do lunch Monday. I think I sent it out Sunday after church. Yeah. I couldn't even go in my lobbies that day. I was emotionally dead. Yeah. And I thought, I have never been this emotionally dead in my life. And, uh, and, and there you were to, to help me, and it was amazing what, what took place there. Well, I just think being together, sometimes it's not even what someone says. It's not that the person you're with has answers. It's just I think when you're with somebody, you can open your heart and be loved and cared for and just spend time together with somebody. It just, to me, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And you've done that for me through the years here over and over again, and particularly some of the things that we dealt with as a church that I was coming out of my skin, and you guys helped me walk through some very, very, very muddy waters, and uh, and, uh, and and specifically you helped. And so it was just an honor. I mean, that our friendship to me is transcends anything that you, I could ever do or you could do for me. And I think that that very specific thing of people actually opening their heart to the kind of relationships when because people need you when they need you, and friends stick around when a lot of people run. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not I'm not the most uh, relational person, but I've learned to open up. Well, you know? thank you, Joe, so much for taking the time. Next month we'll pick this up on round two. Uh, just for everyone that, that's listening, our prayer for you is that you'll just keep to just follow God with all of your heart. Follow the call upon your life. Try not to let anything externally define who you are, what you're called to do, and uh, we're just going to trust God that uh, that we'll all be able to stand before Him and not have that big gap. Amen. That's awesome. All right, man. See you all next month. Thanks again for tuning in to the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate, review, and share this podcast on iTunes. It's a great way to get the word out and to help others grow as leaders. We'll see you back here next time for another episode of the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast.